Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today we're going to be studying through Psalm 37, verses 1 through 2. So today's readings are coming from the Christian Standard Bible, and no, this passage is not too long, so we are going to read it. Psalms 37, 1-2 reads, Do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. For they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. So today's thesis, it was really difficult for me to make. And it took a lot of creative energy. But here it is. This thesis is, give me a drum roll please. Do not be agitated by evildoers. And do not envy those who do wrong. No, but seriously, while that did not take much creativity from me, it is the thrust of this passage. And the reason that it's so simple is just because this is a wisdom psalm, okay? This is not like, you know, this is not rocket science. A wisdom psalm is not meant to be something that is really hard to understand, you know, I mean, not that the Bible is, any part of the Bible is written to be, like, difficult to understand. Like, it's not supposed to be something that you'll never get. But, like, wisdom psalms, yeah, it's like a proverb, you know, be slow to anger. Or actually, that's not a proverb, but that's in James, which is about wisdom. Okay, so give me a break. <laughs> be, you know, slow to speak and quick to listen. I don't need to explain that. But we are going to be looking at the fact that we are not to be agitated by evildoers. So you may be wondering, how are you going to talk for 10 minutes on something that you just said in one minute? I'm going to make it a little bit more memorable, okay? So, these really, I want us to look at a story. So, as you might have guessed, the psalm was written by David. You may have guessed this mostly because David wrote a lot of psalms, so why not write this one? So, David... He was a handsome young man. David was a godly young man. And David was anointed by God to be king over Israel. David, he was excited. He was not the king yet, but he'd had a lot of success. He had actually killed his king's enemy. Like, his king's enemy was like this giant. And David, he killed that enemy when no one else would. So David, life is pretty good for David. But then the king, realizing that David is very successful and is going to steal his spotlight, decides that he needs to get David. So he tries to kill David through numerous attempts at his life. So David, you know, he's like, oh no. So David goes on the run. And here's where David probably, you know, he would, it would be very tempting to get agitated by evildoers, right? You, all you, you literally, all you have done is please the Lord. That is all David has done in his life. And Saul is coming after him, trying to kill him. And so, David actually has a chance to kill Saul. Saul, he is doing his, answering the call of nature in a cave. He is alone in this cave, and David finds him, and he's with some men. And his men are like, David, now is your chance. God gave him to you. Kill him. But David says, nope. Saul is the Lord's anointed. I won't kill him. That's crazy. That is nuts. That literally, Saul is handed to David on a platter, basically. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And that really is confusing to us. Why is that? Because David lived what he preached. 
David said, now we don't know whether he wrote this first or not, but David wrote, do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. David could have been agitated by the evildoer Saul and killed him. But he said, I trust God more. I trust God to have a plan for my life and not only for my life now, but for my eternity. So I'm not going to get agitated by evildoers. I will do what's right. And so as we study through this passage, think about that example. That story, you know, it it makes a lot more sense when we look at it from this do not be agitated by evildoers. So the first thing I want us to look at is some context, and that is the wicked will exist. That is the first, it's obvious, but it does need to be said. You know, we don't have to look far to see that the world we live in is full of wickedness. So instead of beating you on the head with how horrible our world is, I'll simply tell you, we live in a broken world. The wicked will prosper. We look at Job 12.6. Job is a pretty wise dude, right? He says his friends were like, you know, you know what happened to the wicked? They all perish. And Job is like, the tents of robbers are safe and those who trouble God are secure. God holds them in his hands. John 12.31 speaks of the ruler of this world being cast out. That ruler of this world is Satan. So while Satan, he's been defeated by Jesus on the cross, he still holds power over the world before Jesus comes back and casts Satan away forever. So it only makes sense that those who please the ruler of this world will prosper. And currently, God allows Satan to rule over this fallen world. So of course Satan would prosper those who please him and reject God. Satan is not going to be like, oh look, God's children acting rightly. I'm going to bless them. That's not what Satan is about. Satan is wicked, and as the ruler of the world, he's going to do all he can to make life miserable. He is going to try and put Christians through hell because they're not going to hell when they die. We need to realize that uh, we talked about this a few episodes ago. I think it was two episodes ago. Christians are promised suffering. I I want you to, if there is an idea of prosperity for Christians being like, you know, you're going to get the job you want, you know, you're going to drive the nice car. I want all those prosperity promises to die in a hole, okay? They do not belong to Christians. If you look at faithful Christians, there was plenty of suffering, real suffering, not just like, you know, yeah, man, I'm going to suffer, but like, really, it's going to be kind of comfortable. No, there is real pain. David went through real pain. Sometimes it was caused by him. You look at David and Bathsheba. Sometimes the pain was because he did what was right. But there is pain. The wicked will prosper. The wicked have temporary advantages over the righteous. The wicked they can lie on their tax forms and never hear about it again. The wicked, they can steal and get stuff without working for it. I mean, heck, in some cities, you can just walk into stores, take less than $1,000 worth of stuff, and you'll never hear from authorities. The wicked, they can leave their responsibilities when it hinders their happiness. If there is no resurrection, Paul says that Christians deserve the most pity of anyone. When it comes to this life, the wicked are living it up. Of course, 
those who live in rejection of God, they will have better entertainment production. The world wants to hear music that defames God, that praises self, that is about sex, sex sinfully, that is about drugs. Okay, that's what the world wants, not the gospel message. We should not be surprised like, oh man, it's crazy that, you know, the sinful rappers have the good beats and the Christian rappers don't. Of course, people are not pouring money into Christian artists. They're pouring money into these secular artists because that's what they want to hear. There is a reason that the world crucified Jesus. They didn't want to hear it. With that being said, we must not be agitated by or envious of the wicked. That is the what of this passage. We looked at the context. This is the what. This is what we're supposed to do. There's no use getting worked up by the wicked. There is injustice in the world, and it is right that we be upset by it. With that being said, it's wise to not let the wicked get to us. Now, this does not mean cut yourself off from the world, you know, live in a monastery where you're only surrounded by godly people. Like, that's that's great. You know, it is great to be around godly people, but we also are on mission. We need to realize that people are going to wrong us, and that's part of living and being faithful in a fallen world. If you're doing stuff right, those who do not know God are not going to like you at times, okay? Your worldview and their worldview are in diametric opposition to each other. There is a reason that Democrats and Republicans don't like each other. They are completely different. Their worldviews are different. And so to be like, you know, well, we just need to, you know, be likable to everyone. With You don't want to be, you know, repugnant. You're at, you should be blameless. You should be known for loving the world, loving your enemies. We need to be known for that. But at the same time, the world might not always love us. We should not be, you know, high and mighty and, you know, holier than thou. But we also need to be set apart. While we don't want to be the holier than thou, we do want to be holy. Like, let's not, we need to not go to one extreme or the other, okay? Do not be agitated by the wicked. There will be wicked people. They will be wicked to you if you are doing the right thing. I want this to be clear. Christians, if they're being faithful to God, will be targeted by the devil. But that is okay. God has promised us help. And we're going to see in future episodes why that is. The focus right now is on the wicked. We're going to see in future episodes, because this Psalm 37 is 40 verses. While we might not look at every single verse, I do want us to spend a little bit of time in Psalm 37. We need to realize it is okay if the wicked are wicked towards us. There is nothing wrong with us if the wicked are wicked towards us. The wicked were incredibly wicked to Jesus, of all people, okay? Our second thing we need to realize, and the second thing that David tells us, is do not envy those who do wrong. So we 
are not getting agitated by these guys. We're not like despondent of, oh man, these people don't like me. Yeah, they're not going to like you. Second, do not be envious of the wicked. The flip side of being agitated by evildoers is joining them. This is where other Christians fall. Some will get so mad that their face turns purple that there are rappers who make filthy songs. And then others will just consistently listen to those songs because, you know, they have better beats than godly songs. Truth needs to mean more to God's people than worldly riches, fame, or production quality. This is this is hard to hear. You know, it is... You know, I'll listen to... You know, I'll hear a little bit of a song and I'll be like, that is, you know, made by a secular artist. And it's like, man, that is a good beat, you know, but ultimately, ultimately, you know, I value truth over, you know, a good beat. And it's tough because that is objectively, you know, better quality, a better job of finding God's beauty in sound but if we're using that good beauty and sound to disrespect our creator and to demean women and to do all sorts of vile things that's not what we've got to be about that is one reason why christians need to actively engage the culture we need to be producing culture where we are making beauty for the glory of God. We can't just be like, oh, well, shoot, I forget who made this song. But there's a song, it was by a Christian who made a rock song. And it says, why does the devil have to have all the good music? And what he's saying there is basically like, we don't need to have, you know, all, we don't have to like reject all good music. It's Larry Norman. That's who it is. Larry Norman. He says, why does the devil have to have all the good music? He does not. Christians should be known for high quality stuff. At the same time, though, we also need to realize that, especially in a digital age where a lot, like you look at movies, the reason that those movies are made so well is because they cost $500 million to make. And unfortunately, the world is not going to pay $500 million to hear that it's a sinner. But with that being said, we need to be surrounding ourselves with truth so that we can take the gospel into the world and not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. Do not be agitated by evildoers. And why is that? Because the wicked will not exist forever. They wither quickly like grass. From our perspective, you know, this is hard to see. We need to get in the habit of seeing things from the perspective of God's kingdom. Our purpose as believers is to be a son or daughter in God's family who glorifies him and enjoys him forever and looks like Christ more and more each day. And when we see things from the perspective of God's people throughout history, we see that the wicked truly do wither like grass. Jesus will triumph over all things and he will reign on earth with his people. So why are we not living for that future? Because that future is glorious. And it's not like, you know, we have no hope now. We have joy-filled lives now. 
Our purpose does not start when we die. Our purpose of looking more like Christ and enjoying God starts today. And the biggest way that we can have true and lasting joy is by not envying those who do wrong, by not being agitated by evildoers. That's all we have for today. I would encourage you to go to our website, adoptedbelievers.com. You can find our podcast. You can find articles. You can email me at daniel at adoptedbelievers.com. You can leave a review. You can tell people. Those are great ways of contributing to our podcast and it doesn't cost you a dime but without further ado i encourage you to tune in next time as we continue our study of psalm 37